This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. And welcome to another episode of our Fantasy Football Podcast, our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League, episode number four. This is week number three, so off and running here in the fantasy season through two matchups, getting started with matchup number three. We've got... Two new panelists here with us this week. Mr. Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers with us. Also, Mick Steiner as well. Gentlemen, uh, this is a, a good week to have you both on, I suppose, for different reasons. Mick, let's just start with you. Um, the biggest news for you, Christian McCaffrey. You are the owner of Christian McCaffrey in our league. He goes down with a high ankle sprain. We'll get into some of the, some of the nuts and bolts of last week's matchup, but how closely were you watching things coming out of the Carolina Panthers camp this week? You know, I wasn't watching super closely. I did make a waiver wire transaction to fill that void. But one of my tr- uh, drafting strategies at the beginning of the year is to stack up on running backs because I know that they're prone to go down throughout the year. And if mine don't go down, then I can use them to trade away to other people who have running back injuries. So, I have James Conner, who's been riding the bench, and he had a great week last week. I think I'll be able to slot him right in, and I'll be okay. Okay, like it, like the waiver wire. I had a similar draft strategy to you, Mick. We can maybe talk about that here in a little while, as well as I've received a trade offer this week, which I'll break down and get each of your thoughts, since he is not a participant of this podcast this week what you guys think of the trade that was offered to me. All right, Greg, give us you, – you had a, a late pick uh, in round number one, and you went with a couple of Chiefs. How are you feeling about your roster build right now? It's one, I know it's been a long time, so maybe the first time ever that you've played fantasy football. It's so hard when you're at the end of the snake draft because you, you get those two picks and then you sit and watch so many names come off the yep. board. I mean, it's hard to argue with Mahomes and Edwards Hilaire. They've both have been really good. But then by the time you come back around for the third and fourth round, there are just so many guys that are off, that are done. Le'Veon Bell was going to be my, my next best back. He gets hurt in week one and is done. And I'm not sure I even go back to him when he gets healthy again. I, get, I picked up the Robinson kid out of Jacksonville, yeah. put up 30 points for me the other night in that game, even though they got bounced by the Dolphins. It's a hey, you don't care about final result. No, no, you're right. Just give me the points. But, you know, Mick and I are going head-to-head this week. It's Mick and it's the Hickman the Jackrabbits and the standard formation going after each other this week. How about and, that? So this is two weeks in a row, boys, that we've had this where the, the other two co-hosts of, of the podcast played each other. And so it was hard to get, you know, two into the matchups and whatnot. Mick, thoughts after uh, Thursday's round? Well, I'm glad we're not doing this on video because I still have a black eye from Thursday. (laughs) So you touched on it in a previous episode of whether you like to put people in on uh, open game slots, like a Thursday or a Monday night game. Right. 
uh, or would you rather just go with the best player? And I love to slot people in, and that really kind of hurt. So me you're with me because I have a bad habit of that. Uh, yeah, I love to have somebody to watch, and a lot of the times it pays off. But this week it was terrible. I was going against Greg. He had Robinson, and uh, Keelan Cole didn't get me much. Yeah, Keelan Cole, I was going up against him in another league. They started feeding him late, and he took a shot on uh, on one of his catches, and then he was out for the game. I think there was only like two minutes left, and that was happening. But he was in position to get a couple garbage time points. Greg, I want to go back to you here quickly because we haven't had you on here since the draft. And, and you're absolutely right. When you're, the, when you're the tail end of the draft, you have to hit picks number one and two. You have to. You can't have a bust, otherwise you're in big trouble. After your first two selections with Mahomes and Edwards-Alaire, what was your um, kind of kind of strategy or philosophy going into the rest of the draft? Well, and it's not working. I'm, I'm one of the two winless teams in the league through two weeks, so I've failed miserably so far. But, no, I knew I needed more running back depth. I mean, that's what you have to have in this league. I, I knew I didn't have to worry about a quarterback for quite a while, so go get that. But then in those two picks that you get in three and four – you can't go get two running backs, so I went and got a wide receiver and a running back to try to balance it out a little bit. But, yeah, it's just – it's so frustrating to sit there and watch because what is that? That, that nine, I mean, it's what, like nine, what, 19 picks go yeah. before you get back up again, and you're like, good gosh, there's hardly I – mean, that's a chunk of players are gone by the time you get back for your third pick. Yeah, I was pretty happy with, with my draft placement. I, I like Mick, though, uh, took a big hit this last week with and, – and I'm I maybe had it a little worse than Mick because – C-Mac's going to come back. He'll, he'll be off the IR, and they say, what, four to six weeks? I'm guessing it's, it's on the earlier portion of that, just knowing him, how competitive that guy is. I lost Saquon for the year, so he is out for the year. And thankfully, I, like you, Mick, wanted to load up on, on running back early uh, and often. So I, I think I drafted three running backs with my first four selections, and one of them I think is going to really start benefiting to one of those injuries that, that we saw – the, in the week before with Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, who had his first real crack at being the starter and finished with 19 points, had it over 100 yards and a rushing touchdown as well, even though Saquon got me 2.8. Greg, we might as well just talk about our matchup last week since we were already there. I played you going into the Monday night game. I think I needed nine points from uh, Josh Jacobs. He finished with 13 and a half, but we both had, and you, you know, I talked a little bit about the the Colts running back. You you had a plug and play of Naeem Hines, which was the most popular. I did uh, read an article that was the most popular fantasy pickup across all leagues on all waiver wires was Naeem Hines, and I think he was started um, in like sixty eight percent of leagues after being like eight percent owned in wow. week one. So basically everybody did what you did, Greg went and snatched Hines off the, off the waiver wire, plugged him in after a really good week one. And he just disappeared. He wasn't anywhere to be found on the Colts' offense. I actually drafted Hines. He was oh, on you my did? original okay. roster. Yeah, well, but I didn't even play better. him week one. I didn't play him week one. So then, you know, you go, well, you got to put him in there. Plus, it was kind of a need. Le'Veon Bell was hurt. He would have been my one of my other backs. And, and Philip Lindsay with the Broncos is another one yeah, of the backs turf that toe. I drafted. He's out for and a he's, while. He's out for a while. So kind of by default, I got Hines. And then after just having a horrible week and losing and being 0-2, I go, i got to go to the waiver wire. That's where I picked up Robinson this week. But, yeah, you're right. You see a guy like Hines have that, and he might not do that again the rest of the year. He might do it like one more time the rest of the year. I doubt I put him in the lineup very often from here on out. Well, and, and let's go to your receiver, Greg, because you, you like me, suffered a season-ending injury with Cortland Sutton, who had a really good year last year, a 1,000-yard receiver. The Broncos have – 
kind of been snake bitten a little bit with the injury. Drew Locke with a rotator cuff injury. He's out a couple of weeks. So Cortland Sutton goes down. How what's your what's your condition at wide receiver? Well, I I went out and picked up LaVisca Chenault, who you, you enjoyed watching run by the Huskers, you know, for a couple <laughs> games in, in his career. But, uh, you know, what I haven't been plugging in, in the right guys. I mean, Odell Beckham, I start week one, doesn't do much. I don't start in yeah. week two, and he comes out and has a pretty good game. Uh, I've got more from Carolina, who's a pretty good player. Jones from Detroit, who's not a bad player. Um, so, and Crowder, who from, I love from the Jets, but he's hurt now, and he's yeah, on, the, on the pine. So. You know, and, and Crowder is a high-volume guy. They love to just dink yeah. it to him all the time. So I can't wait to get him back, even though it's a pathetic offense on a pathetic team. <laughs> he does get pretty decent numbers. They it's are amazing be from behind a lot, too. Yeah, that's the other thing, right. Mick, is, is a good point. Garbage time is huge. And the other thing is, Greg, you mentioned, they have nobody else on the Jets. And that's what makes Jamison nope. Crowder such a such a valuable fantasy target is because he receives 15 targets a game. And he might catch 10 of them because they're such high-percentage throws. Um, but I end up winning by four, 124 to 120. I'm going to be honest, boys. I'm 2-0, and but I am the luckiest 2-0 and in the league. I had the lowest scoring matchup in week one against Bando. Um, I think I barely got over 100 points, and I just eked by Greg by four points as well. Again, the lowest scoring, the lowest scoring winner of the week, 124. I would have lost, look, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I would have lost to five other players in the league had I uh, had I played somebody else. So lucky 2-0. and I think Greg's a little bit of an unlucky 0-2 with Hines and the injury to Sutton. Um, Mick, let's talk about your matchup. You put one on our buddy uh, Jeremiah Searles, 137-61. to I, I, I mean, all you needed to do was start, let's see, you start Josh Allen, you start Christian McCaffrey, and then throw in David Johnson, your flex. Those three players were good enough to beat Jeremiah, who just had – a pretty tough week. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Jeremiah got the award for the first big oops of the year. He left Michael Thomas in when he was announced that he'd be out well before game time. Um, this was not Jeremiah just Jeremiah a- was hunting last week. He had a big <laughs> hunting trip, so he was off the grid. Off the grid. <laughs> yep. You, and, Mick, let's talk about your bench. I mean, you, you mentioned James Conner. He had 20, but Kareem Hunt gets you 24. Antonio Gibson gets you 12. Um, and just looking at your bench, you are loaded with running backs there at your uh, at your backup spot but I suppose when you have Nuke and DeAndre Hopkins and DJ Chark it's a pretty good place to start for receiver too yeah um unfortunately DJ Chark went down so I slotted in his uh replacement Keelan Cole this week um I'm excited to get him back uh he's not going on the three-week IR thing so I'm I'm not concerned about him being out for a long time um but like I said the running backs I like to keep a lot so I can slot them in when I have injuries. Um, so James Conner and Kareem Hunt have been sitting on my bench, and they've both been doing well, especially Kareem Hunt. He's uh, he's really got some impact in our league, it being PPR, because they like to use him uh, receiving out of the backfield, and they actually line him up out wide sometimes. We've got to talk about, boys, what happened to Tim's fantasy team. I mean, this is, a, this is free reign, so take your boxing gloves off. Low blows are allowed. Tim was spitting venom the last time he was on this podcast about how bad he beat Austin in week one, how he was just going to embarrass everybody uh, the entire season. And then Josh Banderas goes and beats him by almost 100, 192 to 96. Sir Yacht's inside source takes one on the chin this last weekend. Boys, telling you what, Josh Banderas' team is turning in some pretty good performances 
And it starts with Cam Newton. Are we surprised at the level of production that Cam has had so far through two games? Yes, absolutely. I mean, th- this guy just wasn't very good the last couple years in Carolina after having that MVP season about five years ago. But he's fit right in. And, and maybe it's the magic of Belichick that this locks yeah. it in for him. He's been terrific. That was a great game, by the way, with them and the, the it Seahawks. Was. That was an awesome the Sunday game. night game. That was one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, so, absolutely. I don't, I don't know how you could not be surprised with what Cam Newton has done the first couple of weeks of this season. Can it last? I, I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, he's done it against some, some fairly good defenses, too, especially with uh, – with Seattle there, 34.58 points is what Cam got Bando. And, you know, looking at his roster, he's got Kamara, who scored 38. Stephon Diggs, his first year, he scored his first touchdown with the Buffalo Bills. Um, and, yeah, he's looking very good. And then the the high score of the week happened against our poor fan. Um, Lamar had 107 points himself, but he runs up against a buzzsaw in the Orman Rowboats, who came back for vengeance after – losing to Tim week one. He gets 40 points from Dak and 45.6 from Aaron Jones, who was the highest scorer of the week. Aaron Jones over 200 total yards. He had about 168 rushing, which I believe was a career high, and he scored three times. I mean, that's 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 pretty good volume there for Jones. I got to admit, boys, Aaron Jones was not somebody I wanted to draft. I just felt like really? – I felt like we had heard, I'd heard some great things about Jamal Williams coming into the year, and they drafted A.J. Dillon pretty high, and I felt like he was very touchdown dependent last year, especially after week one, as much as the Packers threw it. I'm like, okay, this is valid, but Aaron Jones just proves me wrong. He was the best running back in fantasy football last year, but for some reason it just didn't, didn't do it for me, and he's he's been doing it for Austin, which is big because that's something we talk about a lot with Austin Aaron Jones is going to be a pick that we talk about a lot because he went before a lot of those other running backs. His ADP was like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, and Austin picked him like fourth, fourth or fifth. Huge so props he went, to Austin for pulling the trigger on that. Yeah, so we'll see how Aaron Jones performs throughout the year. Um, but, yeah, that was a, a beatdown uh, that, that he put on Lamar. And uh, we also have to give a shout-out to Brett Witte for beating Josh 145-131. Those guys play fantasy everything. I mean, they've played fantasy in years, so I know there's a little bad blood, a little rivalry brewing there, and Brett comes out on top there. Uh, Russell Wilson has been a monster. I think he's the top-scoring player in fantasy so far this year. Um, Just had a a big day. And so Brett gets zero from Will Fuller, six from his defense, six from his kicker, and still beats Josh, which is kind of crazy. Um, do we have a do we have a throne in this league like a, a you know this big high chair thing because that's where Tim Curran would need to sit because he's the trash talking king yeah I mean that guy all he does is talk trash can't back it up no gets spouty after one week of fantasy football thinking that he's the dominant guy in the league unbelievable and and his chair just lost a leg so he's sitting really yes. funny right now on that on that chair after. Uh, Losing by nearly 100, and I don't know that that's a record that gets beaten. I think that might stand as the biggest <laughs> blowout in fantasy all year. You better believe that we are going to be monitoring that as, uh, as the weeks progress. On top right. of that. Go ahead, Mick. He, he did lose Raheem Mostert this week, and it sounds yeah. like Julio, Julio Jones is having some yep. issues and might be sitting out this week too. Yeah, yep. he's got a bit of a hammy right now too. So um, let's, let's recap a little bit of the injuries last week. You mentioned Julio. We've Whoa. talked about – Christian McCaffrey this this was as devastating a week for fantasy football owners that we've had in a long time we haven't seen anything like this in a while awful it's truly sad 
Um, because you, when when you draft these players high, you count on them to really take it on your team. And so I think that this will be the year that really proves who can make the moves to survive that. Yeah, and Ben, you know, Bar- Barkley was the biggest name guy to me, loss of the year. Yes, McCaffrey, but he's back in a month or so. And the 49ers just get clobbered. Oh. you got to be careful, the 49ers guys right now, because they just got absolutely eaten alive with injuries last week. Yeah, I mean, you think about their injury situation prior to the year. Debo Samuel has the foot injury. They They were telling us that he may be back, he may be back, he might play week one. Uh, but with that particular injury, it's a very common thing for the player to get back, re-injure the foot, and then need surgery again. So that was a bit of a surprise. They go draft Brandon Ayuk, a rookie from Arizona State that they really liked. He goes down with an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an injury. Mostert out with an injury. Tevin Coleman can't play because of the air quality. And then they lose George Kittle last week with a sprained MCL and a, a deep bone bruise. He's out again this week, and I drafted Kittle this is a this is an interesting year so far for San Francisco with the injuries. Um, I, mean, I think we've all been hit. Greg, you lost Cortland Sutton, had Le'Veon Bell. I lose Saquon Barkley and George Kittle. Mick loses Christian McCaffrey. You could make the argument that the three of us are the ones that are hurting the most. I would. Yeah, Mick's let's, not let's head downstairs that. and have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like a couple so more of these injuries I may have to. Uh, okay, uh, well, let's talk what, about now, the hey, – Wait, wait, now you got a trade offer, right? Are you taking oh, yeah. this thing? What is this off okay, trade offer so, you got? So this kind of feeds into what Mick and I were saying about running back depth or even receiver depth for that matter. But I feel like most of the time it comes to the running backs. And um, there's two types of teams, those that are really thin at running back and those have a lot. And I think Mick and I are ones that are kind of hoarding them a little bit. Uh, looks like it looks like the offer had expired. I was purposely waiting to address the trade. I don't know if Josh was the one that offered me the trade. I don't know if he pulled it down or if the trade just flat expired. I was purposely waiting to address the trade on this podcast. So if you're listening, Josh, that's that's why I had ignored it. But he was going after one of my backs. He was coming after Jonathan Taylor. Um, he wanted Jonathan Taylor and scary Terry McLaurin, who actually had a good week last week uh, for the Redskins. And he was going to offer me uh, I got to remember now. DK Metcalf, who has had a great start to the year with uh, with Seattle, he was a big part to the trade. Let me pull up uh, Josh's roster here and make sure I I get the uh, the players right. This is all by memory now. So it was those two on my part. It was DK Metcalf, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and Emmanuel Sanders. So it was a three for two trade. Um, Sanders has been a bit of a disappointment. I think J.K. Dobbins absolute wild card. I mean. What do you have, three touches last week, and he popped like a 40-yard run? I think he had three touches for 60 yards. I have no idea how to size up J.K. Dobbins right now. I think that's one that you'll just have to monitor as the season goes on. And sometimes a trade like that, they really do pop, and then sometimes you don't. Now, another component of the trade with D.K. Metcalf, I'm always scared to pull the trigger on a trade like this because I'm always wondering if the hot start of the year is it's deceptive he is deceptive yeah. correct yep. yeah it is a bit early for the panic moves in the trades you look at josh's running back situation i played josh this week he has dalvin cook great running back top five running back and he went and grabbed miles gaskin off the free agent wire great pickup 14.5 points for josh against me on thursday so i think he's in decent shape at running back again the wild card being dobbins and i have another wild card rookie running back in zach moss 
who out-touched everybody in the first week and was basically MIA week two. So those rookie running backs, Greg, I think I told you this on Sports Nightly one night. You just, I just don't know. You just don't know about them. That's why I like proven guys that you know do it consistently. However, the, the one exception here is Clyde. I think Clyde, we all knew if you follow Chiefs football, he was going to be a huge part to the offense. But, you know, Baltimore was a weird running back situation with Mark Ingram. They like Gus Edwards. Uh, Buffalo is a weird running back situation. You know, they, they, they draft uh, a year ago um, Singletary from FAU. I know Frank Gore's not there anymore, but both, both situations were a little murky, and I think you're seeing that so far. Yeah, I, I took a flyer on Clyde Edwards a little bit. N- not not. I mean, if I don't take Edwards when I did, somebody would have gobbled him he's up. He's not coming back to four you. Four or five yeah, picks. He's not right. coming back to you. Uh, but you're right, and, and that was a big risk I took, and I waited. But to me, he was the only really top-notch running back left when I got to pick at 10 in that first round. But I, I'm with you. Rookies are really risky to do stuff with. Um, I think you can maybe get away with it more at the wide receiver spot. Like, I, th- I think C.D. Lamb's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I-, I think he's going to have a quality year uh, in-, in the league, and I think he'd be a guy worth taking. But, yeah, rookie running backs, it's, it's, but you got J.K., and I think J.K.'s going to have a pretty good year. I do, too. There, there have been two running backs that have come through rookies that I think were slam dunk first-round fantasy draft picks Clyde Edwards Alaire is one of them and the other one was Saquon I mean you knew both of those guys were just going to be a huge part to the offense which which makes them a little bit lower risk especially Greg and the thing that helped you and every Clyde Edwards Hilaire rookie owner is and this this has happened a while ago was no Damian Williams I mean you lose your if he's a part of this mix who knows what 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 the snap count is like with those two but he's out. So it's basically him, Darrell Williams, and you see a little bit of Darwin Thompson, and that's it. So you knew the volume was going to be there. Yeah. So you didn't pull the trigger on the trade. You think he'll offer it up next week or not? Maybe. It must have expired or he pulled it down because I didn't, I didn't respond to it. I'm not sure. I, I know the trades do expire, but I was purposely waiting to talk about the trade offer on the, uh, on, on the podcast. Mick, where are you at with, with your running back hoarding situation? Do you feel like you could go take advantage of somebody who's a little desperate there right now? If so, where, where would you be looking to help yourself? So I would be looking to help myself at wide receiver. Now, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to be starting Ooh, him monster. every single week. Uh, no questions asked. There's just too much talent there. Um, but then beyond that, I have DJ Chark, which I had him last year. He was great. And really, really helped my team win the championship. But uh, I, I really am slotting people in off of the waiver wire in my second wide receiver slot now. And so I think now is about the time when people see bye weeks come in, they see injuries come in, that they really are scrapping for a running back. It's going to be somebody who's just going to get a few touches per game and they're looking for a big play. And I've got some people who are have guaranteed touches, like Kareem Hunt and mm. James Conner, especially when Christian McCaffrey gets back. I'll have a lot of change to de- to dole out there. Smart. So I'm I'm looking, but I'm not re- I'm not ready to send out offers yet. Are you Are you the type of fantasy? Look, I'm the type of fantasy guy that it depends what it is. Like if it's fantasy baseball, I'm all about offering trades. I am all about you know, trying to finagle my way and, and steal a player that I know. And, and the best way to do it in baseball, and Greg, this will make sense to you, is in fantasy baseball, guys are going to slump. Over the course of a season, guys guys will slump. 
And to me, that's that's what makes him most valuable to go trade for is you think about a guy like Christian Yelich this year. I tried to get Christian Yelich. I tried to get Eloy Jimenez was slumping there for a long time. Those players that you know are going to be fine, that you know are going to you know eventually come back. And that's when I go weasel in with trades. You can't really do that as much in fantasy football um, because, you know, guys, you can't really afford guys to slump in this because you only get a certain amount of roster positions. But so are you guys, you know, when it comes to trades, are you more of the trade proposal player? Are you more of the trade receiver or are you just against trades altogether? Because there are some people that won't even entertain trades in fantasy football. I am a trade proposer. I, uh, I I like to construct the trade the way that I want it. Um, if it gets denied, they can counteroffer, of course. But the way that I, I put it out, I think that it will benefit both teams. And especially, I think it would benefit mine. And like you, like you said, what, what I'm going after is somebody whose value I think could increase later. It's at a certain amount right now. And that my player that I'm trading away could fill their need. I'm more of a guy who waits if somebody brings me something good. I, I don't generally go out and seek that type of thing. I'll, I'll look at the – I'll study the waiver wire more than I do trying to see, see if I can go play, pick somebody off of a team. Okay. Gentlemen, before we kind of get into this week's matchup, is there anybody on your team right now that, you're, that is close to – you're close to hitting the drop button, that you drafted you high expectations for, that you're really not seeing it? I don't know if it's somebody that – you know, you know, if it's a guy that's – 85% owned or higher, you're not just going to drop them, but that you're, you know, they're kind of on their last, their last leg with you. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> well, if, yeah, if you ever get to that point where you're ready to shell him out, um, maybe consider uh, shooting Kittles and Blitz a trade off. Yeah, I need to start tanking for the uh, first spot on the waiver wire. Uh I, I don't. I really don't know what to do with Hines. I mean, I drafted him, didn't play him. He goes off. I play him. He doesn't do much. Those kind of guys drive me crazy. So he may be the guy. And and now that Jonathan Taylor's got his foothold in Indianapolis, I think they're going to just feed that guy every every week. Yeah. Make anybody on your team that you're just like I don't know. About, I don't know if you're worth a spot anymore. Um. No. Nobody that I've had for any amount of time. I've got some kind of rotating spots, uh, waiver wire spots that I shuffle people in and out. But everybody else, I'm pretty happy with right now. The the one guy, and I had I have already lost patience for him. And I know there's going to be a point this year that that I'm going to regret dumping him because he, especially with uh, with one injury in this particular team, I know he's going to start stepping up. And you saw it a little bit more in week two than you did did week one. It's a Kansas City Chief. It's McCole Hardman. I, I expected McCole mm-hmm. Hardman to have a lot bigger role in the Chiefs' offense. I actually dumped him already. He's a free agent. I went and picked up Russell Gage from Atlanta, who has had seen huge target share uh, in the Atlanta receiver room. He had a good end to last year. He, he's had at least 10 targets in both games this year for Atlanta. And with Julio Jones' injury situation, I mean, Calvin Ridley can only go off so many weeks in a row before somebody else has to get involved. So – I already dumped him. He, he was kind of my secret weapon going into the year, and he's he's a waiver wire guy now. Don't blame me. I, I just don't know that he's going to be that big of a role. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that's boomer bust. He can score from 80 yards out and make a week, but he can also go, you know, 60 minutes without without doing anything. Okay, let's talk about some of the matchups this week. I'm going up against Josh this week. I uh, already mentioned Josh got 14 and a half from Miles Gaskin. Josh projected to beat me by a good amount, 133 to 119. So we'll see how that goes. It's 2-0 and 
against one and one. There are two divisions in this league. Um, I'm not quite sure the playoff structure just yet. I would imagine it's you know top two in each division or something like that. So me and Josh going up, you've got uh, Tim Curran trying for a bounce back this week. He's going up against Jeremiah, who also needs oh. a bounce back week. Uh, let's let's peek and see here, boys, if if Jeremiah went and uh, fixed his roster. Let, let's hope he did. I do know he was. I was being serious earlier. I know he was yes. on a hunting trip last week, and so he was kind of off the grid. Well, Tim, Tim has not yet pulled Julio. We're, again, we record these on Saturday, so the games are getting ready to start here any moment. Uh, but as of Saturday night, Tim has Julio Jones still in his roster, and he is listed as, he's still listed as questionable, I guess. So um, you've got him questionable. Uh, Jeremiah has fixed his lineup, so that is positive. He, he's so, got Leonard Fournette, boys. Well, we should probably take a second and appreciate the work he put in last yeah, week goodness. at Tampa Bay, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, that is good that Jeremiah got his lineup fixed. And, um, yeah, he, he, he has since switched his lineup around. So that's, that's positive. Um, I'll touch on something with Leonard Fournette. Something that I find kind of cool with fantasy football is that players can have ups and downs and be traded from team to team. Their role will change. But it seems that the players with a lot of talent like Leonard Fournette really do end up playing well and producing in fantasy absolutely and I think it was a good pick from Jeremiah because at that point when we did this draft guys remind me I think he was just signed by Tampa Mm -hmm. one of my drafts he was wasn't on anybody's team and so whoever got him then was it was a big time steal Um, but Tim is projected to win by five and I hope Jeremiah gets his first win here um, over Tim I think that would just do the league a lot of justice um, okay, we've got Austin Orman against Brett Whitty. Boys, projected totals here, 122.8 to 120.7. That's about Ooh. as close as it gets. Man. Both teams at one and one right now. That'll be, that'll be tight. You know, we, we had a buy-sell question this week about how t- would, the, would the matchups tighten up more this week. I think they do. I think that one will be a tight one. Of course, we've got the, uh, the matchup between Josh Banderas, who had the point total – uh, the biggest blowout against Tim Curran's boys last week. He's got our fan Lamar this week. Uh, again, projected within two points, 128 to 126 in that matchup right there. Of course, all of these, the JV games, until we reach the matchup of, of the big squads, the Hickman Jackrabbits and standard format mix. Let's mix go squad. standard format. Greg, how you feeling right now? 30.9. I know you're 0-2, but you get a start like you did on Thursday. you gotta, you got to have a little adrenaline as these games start today. Yeah, but I'm so Chiefs heavy, and they play a great defense in the Ravens in the Monday night matchup. I, I think this one's far, far from over. And you, you, DeAndre Hopkins could go put 50 on the board tomorrow. It's possible. It is possible, especially when you're getting 20 targets a game. Mick, how you feeling going to this matchup, even though – Keelan Cole gets you 8.3. Not a fantastic total, but it's not a complete bust of a, of a slot either. Right. It's, it, it's not a goose egg. Um, but really what's hurting is the fact that James Robinson put up 30.9. Yeah. That's, Greg's already well on his way to a good week. So we touched on it that Kansas City plays Baltimore. But I, have, I do feel like when Kansas City plays a good defense, sometimes they go out and they turn it into kind of a boat race, like a New England two years ago. Uh, ter- turned into just an absolute shootout. Um, and the worst thing about that is that we're going to be waiting all the way until the end of Monday night to see the results of our fantasy matchup because we Beautiful. have three players 
on Greg's team uh, playing for Kansas City. That's awesome. Th- that, 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 it's the worst when your fantasy matchup is over by 3 o'clock. That's just no fun. Yeah, then you've got nothing exactly. to root for the rest nothing of the day. Nothing for Sunday night, nothing for Monday night. you got to have that. It's beautiful in your guys' position, but I'm going to be the one sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so this is the – we'll do a very quick starter sit. We're kind of going over time here. Anybody, you boys, and, and this might not apply to you guys because you're playing each other, but maybe it does, that you're, you're questioning, that you've got on your bench right now, that you're thinking about starting, or you've got someone in your starting lineup right now that you're just not sure about and thinking about switching out last second. I already ripped the Band-Aid off on that and got it over with on Thursday and put in Keelan Cole. Okay. So that was your – who did you pull out? Um, I ended up dropping an injured player. I don't remember who it was. So, oh, you, oh, so I, t- you, I took out DJ Chark is, is who I took okay. out of my so you, So it's not like you had another guy that's playing today that you're going to that you're going to be watching and you know seeing if he had more points than Keelan Cole. This was a straight injury substitution. Nope, it was an injury substitution. Yeah, Greg, anybody I, that you're questioning? I, no, I'm like Mick. I thought about putting in Chenault on the Thursday night game. I did not. I was going to take Beckham out, but I left Beckham in. Chenault only got eight point four, so I, I think I did the right thing. Yeah, I like I like ODB's chances of getting eight points um, a lot. Okay, so maybe you guys can help me out. There's one really one area that I'm looking at here. And uh, and it's a waiver wire pickup. It, it's benefiting me from Christian McCaffrey's injury. I'm going. I picked up Mike Davis, who's going to be kind of the bell cow now for Carolina. Um, and I'm starting him over David Montgomery, who scored a touchdown Ooh. last week for the Bears. Um, right now, as of today, Mike Davis is projected for more than David Montgomery. But I feel like Montgomery is the safer play. If it were you, who are you starting, David Montgomery or Mike Davis? I would go Montgomery. I, I like his game. Remember, he was hurt, and they didn't know if he'd even play week one, but he did, yeah. and he played okay. I, I think he's a tough cookie. Love that kid. Can you remind me who Chicago's playing? Chicago's playing Atlanta. Ooh, I think I would go with Montgomery, too. However, I really do like the fact that Carolina gets those running backs and and wide receivers involved in the running game, too, is, is their fancy. And so I feel like... They're not exactly going to put Mike Davis in there and not give him the ball. And in a PPR league, if he's catching balls right. out of the backfield, they, and, and that's, that's what that's game. what has me as a Davis lean right now. I see him catching five passes. I do, I just do. Yeah. Um, but you know, Montgomery is the safer play. I think the volume is going to be there for him. He is a goal line back. That that is is going to be an ultimate game time decision for me. And Greg, you know this better than anybody. You you make one wrong move, it can cost you a week. So over, yeah. we'll see. Greg put his waiver wire guy in and got 30.9. Yeah. Yeah. What a great pickup. Who did you drop for him, Greg? Um, who did I drop? Oh, uh, I dropped Lindsey. Okay. Cattling yeah, injury. He's, he's going to be out a while, too. So, um, Great. Okay. So, there's our starter sit. Okay, boys, real quick before we hang it up, uh, this is something we've been doing. Uh, we, all, we all predict who's going to be the highest scorer of the week, which fantasy player. We are combined 0 for 6. Nobody has gotten one correct. Um, obviously last week was Aaron Jones. He was the highest scorer last week. Josh picked Derrick Henry. Austin picked DeAndre Hopkins. I went with Kyler Murray. Um, Derrick Henry kept out of the end zone and under a hundred yards. DeAndre Hopkins, a good game. Kyler Murray, a good game, but nothing close to Aaron Jones. Mick, we'll start with you. Uh, who, who do you pick for highest score of the week? Okay. Somebody who's been absolutely hot to start the year. I'm going with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going against the Lions, who, even though they have a defensive coach, haven't looked impressive to start the year. 
Um, I'm, I think that Kyler Murray can run a couple in, pass, pass a long ways, and I think I've got Kyler. Mick is a smart man, going with a hot team. Love what the Cardinals are doing right now. They are fun to watch, but I'm going a different Cardinal. It's going to hurt me. I don't care. I'm going to be right. DeAndre Hopkins is my high That's performer awesome. of the week. We'll take how, it. How about this, boys? This is two weeks in a row. Both Kyler and D-Hop have been picked um, on the, the uh, Lions. Yeah, on, on the wire. Eventually That's crazy. Right. Absolutely crazy. Okay, who am I picking? Uh, oh, oh, here, let me um, – let me give you projections this week because it, it actually spits out who they think the highest score is going to be. Uh, Kyler's projected at number three, and DeAndre Hopkins is number 15. So both top 15 picks so far. I think I, – I mean, you want to go hot hand? I'm going hot hand. And uh, I'm going to go the other guy that uh, – I think he's – again, I think I mentioned earlier in the show that he's the highest-ranked fantasy player of the, of, the, of the year so far. Give me Russell Wilson. I'll take a quarterback for the second straight week and, and see how that uh, see how that goes for me. We will we'll find out. He's uh, been he's got incredible. Dallas this week. He's been Dallas incredible. great. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, thanks thanks for joining us here. The, your first time for both of you. Final thoughts before we hang up here here today. Now I've given a lot of love to DeAndre Hopkins, who's on mixed roster. I think DJ Moore on mine could have a big week with particularly with McCaffrey now on the shelf for Carolina. I think DJ Moore could have a big yeah. big week. I agree with you. Mick, final thoughts on your matchup before we hang it up? Yeah, I want to shout out Josh Hokeman and Brett Witte for uh, my team name. That's an homage to them in naming uh, naming our files for back in the op center. Um, and I, I really just want to say good luck to Greg. Should be fun. A lot of fun. Good luck, boys. Hopefully our team stay healthy, all three of us. We'll keep our fingers crossed for a healthy week. We'll talk to you next week, week number four of the fantasy season. As always, we don't know who's going to be on here. It's kind of a game-time decision every week, but we will have another edition for you coming up next week. For Greg, for Mick, I'm Ben. Enjoy your uh, week. Hopefully your teams do well and stay healthy. We'll talk to you next week.